My guest today is keyboardist for the great young bands in Prague today, Haken. Their brand new album, Affinity, comes out April 29th. I'd like to welcome Diego Tejeda. Hey, how's it going, Roy? Good, man. How you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Great. Happy to have you on. A big fan of the band. Uh, new album, Affinity, comes out April 29th, and it's fantastic. Let's start with this. You guys have been around now almost 10 years, I want to say, about. And it seems like right now online, the buzz is kind of building, the, the comments on the video and, and, and on your uh, posts that you guys do on social media seem to be getting bigger and, and people are more passionate. Do you guys see that? Are you noticing that it's getting bigger and your popularity is growing? I mean, absolutely. Of course we can. You know, um, as you said, the band has been around for almost 10 years. Um, I joined the band in 2009, uh, early 2009. And, you know, I, I've been saying that, you know, to a lot of people that, you know, when I started with the band, we were just doing 50 people gigs, you know, every now and then, you know, just gigs in London, sometimes in the UK, and just, just really small and trying to push it, you know, you have to invest a lot of time, a lot of money as well at the beginning, because, you know, you don't get any um, monetary incentives to do it, so you have to just really believe in it. You know, now we got to the point, you know, slightly we started to get gigs outside the UK, we did uh, some gigs in, in, in the Netherlands, we did the first, uh, uh, Pro Power USA when we released uh, Aquarius before we released Visions and you know it, it it's just it has kept going and for me it's just you know it's very rewarding to see it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and, and it's, it's amazing I mean that's what keeps us going uh, as a band and as individuals uh, it's very inspiring so uh, absolutely I mean we can see that and and hopefully I mean I'm, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with, with Affinity where it's going to take us because if you look back before we released uh, The Mountain I would say we were like probably one or two steps below to where we are now yeah. and so you know I'm really, really looking forward in a couple of years time looking back on Affinity and see how it how it did well, you know what's, what's funny, like you're saying, because uh, I was familiar with The Mountain, great album, uh, a classic by any standard, oh, and uh, hadn't seen you guys perform here in the States, you know, we don't get to see bands from Europe all the time, especially that the kind of music you guys do, and we were, I was on the, uh, the, the Prog Nation cruise that you guys did. And, right. um, you know, I felt like that was sort of a coming out party. A lot of people went, oh, my God, who's this band? You guys really kind of impressed everybody. Then, you know, you sort of forward a year later, on the cruise to the edge one that happened uh, late last year you know i was telling every i was people i was with i was like listen we got to go because they're about to start and they're like no no it's okay and i'm like no you don't understand everybody's going to see this band we have to go wait in line and we got back and we got in out front of the theater there was a line down the cruise like i, I don't know if you guys saw it but it was the only show everybody was lined up all the way down the side of the cruise trying to get in to see you guys and I thought, wow, okay, so this is, it's turning. It's turning around. People are starting to know who this is. Yeah, no, it was incredible, as you said. I mean, uh, my girlfriend told me she was waiting on the line outside uh, trying to get in at Cruise to the Edge. And she told me, oh, there was people, there was a big bus. I mean, people wanted to go in. And it was a great gig for us. I remember that uh, the first one we did in, in Cruise to the Edge at the theater, yeah. I, was, I remember enjoying it a lot. Uh, so yeah, it was surprising, as you said. We did uh, Progressive Nation at Sea one year before, and we, we did okay. But it was not as good as we did in terms of popularity as we did in, at Cruise to the Edge. So, you know, it just reinforces the point I was saying a minute ago that, you know, you can see, obviously, as a band member, that things are getting bigger and, you know, it's very exciting. That's cool. So today's also a big day for the band. You guys launched the first video from Affinity 
uh, for the, so, sort of the first track, Initiate. I was even surprised how you pick a song to be the single for this, right? I mean, I, I could have picked four or five different ones if it was me. A, a, any one of them could have been a single. So how did you choose this one and what was the, the purpose behind picking this as the first track to show everybody? When I first listened to, uh, when we were working on this tune, I think we all had this kind of vibe that it was, you know, it was a good single uh, because, you know, it's nice and compact and it doesn't really uh, go too far off from, from on a tangent. And um, I mean, there's a couple of other tunes in, in Affinity that have that sort of, if you might say so, commercial vibe, just to put it in inverted commas. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, of course, you know, it's progressive music. It's not going to be commercial right. by pop standards, is it? Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's just a vibe. And I think, I mean, on my perspective, as the album opener, it settles the mood for the rest of the album. Yeah. So, and, and that was the first tune I listened as well, mixed. I mean, Jens Bokeren, uh he did an amazing job with the mix. And that was the very first tune he mixed and the very first tune we listened to uh, from the actual album. You know, like, that's when you realize things are coming to life, you know, after, you know, spending two, three months uh, recording and just like sleepless nights and just trying to get right and, you know, having these massive discussions about what section should do that or what section should do. Once you get the final product, you know, you finish your recordings, you give it to the sound man, and it's just such a rewarding exper experience as a, as a musician. So in a way, it's funny, you know, that people find it curious that people are actually experiencing the album in a way the same way we did, right. listening yeah, to true. Initiate I, I First. That. Yeah, instead of, instead of giving them like the fifth song on the album first or something like that. That must have been fun to listen to the album, like you're saying, because it... It really, if for anybody that hasn't heard it yet, and, and when it comes out, you know, they'll get a chance to. It goes all over the place. It is. It is a lot of fun indeed. Of course, I mean, it's one of the things with this album. I think this is our most eclectic album in many ways. Uh, we have one of the softer moments, you know, Bound by Gravity. You know, it's a very soft, chilled uh, tune. I mean, it has an epic ending, but it starts like almost as ambient music or like chill out music or post-rock sort of influences. And then we have tunes like, as you said, 1985, which is pure uh, 80s nostalgia with some 80s scenes going on. And then you have The Architect that has some very genty riffs and very heavy moments and also has some experimental moments. So it, it has been, you know, uh, such a rise, been a roller coaster this album in many ways because it has pushed us outside of our comfort zone to say so i mean and we deliberately we didn't want to kind of find a formula on how to write music you know and, and sort of say oh the mountain was great we should do something like the mountain again uh we try to kind of deliberately step away from that and do something new kind of return our sound so that implied you know doing a lot of different techniques when recording or having a different vibe or having a different perspective as well for each song a song because you know there's no way you can have the same writers or producers perspective for a song like 1985 than you would for uh, red giant for instance you know it's a different vibe so it's almost like uh you know it's just almost like using different thinking caps for every tune and i think that kept it very fresh for us because its song is like a little different world, and and, and personally, for me, um, every song in the album has one little thing that makes it very interesting. To say, oh, I'm very proud of that sound, or I'm very proud of that, or I'm very proud of that harmony, or I'm very proud of that guitar riff. There's always one little thing that you know makes it very enjoyable. I don't know if that kind of makes sense. No, it does. So I want to ask you: you being the sound guy and the keyboard guy, was the song 
1985 like did you have a lot to do with that with sort of those 80s throwback sounds and the drum pads and the synths and you know all that kind of stuff was that did that fall on you a lot to, to come up with that sound uh well no it was a conjoint effort i would say um obviously ray did an amazing job uh trying to get his uh 80s drum sounds right and i think you know when you listen to it you you get the feeling straight away um in a way though uh, i mean the same with charlie and, and and richard you know they they look into the sounds you know the the opening riff on the guitar for for uh, 1985 it has that vibe doesn't it like that 80s vibe i mean in that sense though uh 80s music was particularly known for having loads and loads of uh, of scenes i was going to say shit loads but i don't think it's going to be recorded so no, i'm not okay. sure we're not on <laughs> fm radio it's fine awesome well it's got you know 80s yeah. music is, is particularly known for that for having loads and loads of of scenes and Obviously, it had a particular sound, you know, I mean, if you listen to keyboard players from, from that era and you compare them to keyboard players on, you know, nowadays, it's a completely different sort of vibe. So uh, I did quite a lot of research uh, listening to, um, you know, synth players from, from, from that period, you know, particularly Vince Cola. It was a great influence um, in, in this album. I mean, if, if you or people listening don't know who Vince Cola is, Vince Cola is the one responsible for all the greatest soundtracks from the 80s, you know, Rocky, Transformers, uh, lots of stuff, and you know he had this way of approaching music, uh, of making the scenes really fat and really rich, and and it became an icon, I think, from from that period. So it involved a lot of a lot of research. Uh, you just checking those sounds, trying to program on my gear. I didn't actually buy any gear from from the 80s. I just tried to use what I have and uh, and make it sound like that. So it, that was on my part, but obviously everyone kind of chipped in. And uh, as I said, everyone tried to get their own sounds right to, to get the vibe. What came first with that song? Was it the title? Was it that you said, we want to write something 80s? Or after you heard the song, you went, oh yeah, no, this could be an 80s thing. I think the title came came last. Uh, I'm trying to remember because you know we spend quite a lot of time <laughs> writing the album. We always have these really ridiculous titles when we're working on the tunes, and that's the way we kind of figure out or we recognize the songs. And most of the times are comical titles. Um, but I'm just trying to remember, and I think I think if I'm not wrong, Charlie sent the initial idea of this one, um, the initial sketch, uh, just with the basic sections, and you know it got changed a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. But from the beginning, it had that kind of total vibe. So it, immediately we thought, okay, this this, this got to be '80s, you know, it's got to have that kind of vibe. So then we um, we were working on on this middle section that, as I said, is a tribute to Finzi Cola. Um, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, it, it was uh, the title came last, but the vibe, the 80s vibe was always there for this tune. And then did that give you the idea to make the, the album concept about that with like the cover art and that the trailer video with the old tape cassette? I mean, did that come from uh, that song after you did that song? Uh, I suppose, yeah. I suppose uh, 1985 played a major role uh, for us choosing that kind of path, uh, and I think that was that was what makes us think about using more 80s vibe, uh, 80s songs for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the album. So uh, yeah, I think that that was th that was initial idea and uh, you know through all the album you can hear some 80s uh, vibe uh, going on but uh, I think that that was the one who gave us the um, the idea let me ask you just going back to you know like the first album the first and second album where you guys were a little bit more straightforward progressive metal kind of early dream theater a little bit 
Um, there was still some of the screaming vocals in there. When the band was together then, working on that stuff, did you guys ever envision the change in the sound to being what it is now? Or it just where you guys were and it, it, it sort of happened by accident? Well, I think it's it's been a natural evolution. Uh, I think for every album, we've put everything we have on the grill. So, uh, you know, back then we'd record Aquarius. I did the best I could and the best I knew. And obviously I had a, I was a different person back then. You know, we all were different. We had different influences. We have different personalities maybe. You know, you change a lot through time. And at the same time, Aquarius was the first kind of proper production album we all did. I mean, Charlie had experience with uh, Linear Sphere beforehand. And, you know, we had certain you know projects in the past, but nothing serious or as serious maybe as Haken. Uh, so I think... You know, the more you record, the more you perform, the more you write, you start to get the grip of it and you start thinking, okay, maybe this doesn't work as well. Maybe this works. Maybe we should explore more on that. Or maybe I should develop something new. Maybe it should be more adventurous and go in a different direction. Um, so it, it all comes from time. I mean, listen back from a personal perspective. I mean, there's things I would have done different now for the first albums, particularly Aquarius. Uh, but you know, but you can change the past and that's that's what it is. I mean, you've done it, it's, you yeah. did your best and it's, it's there, you know, it's written on stone. Um, I think that that's, that's been just a natural evolution. Has the more attention, uh, you know, from the record label and from the fans oh. and, and uh, all that changed how you guys look at being a band? Do you worry, are you worrying more about the record sales and and the touring and the streaming or, or, or how are you looking at it these days now? Now that it sort of looks like it's becoming a bigger thing. I mean, it's always been about the music as far as I'm concerned. Um, we don't really consciously think about, oh, what the fans are going to say or what the press is going to say or, or, you know, what the label is going to think. I mean, the label has been incredibly supportive with us. We're very lucky, you know, we not we don't have any restrictions of any kind. They trust us 100% and we just deliver the final product. Uh, but no, I mean... I think the moment you start thinking consciously about what others going to think, you are, that's a recipe for disaster, I think. Right. Because at the end of the day, yeah, of course, you, you write music, you share music, you record music, and people will enjoy it, hopefully, or people will identify with it. But the thing with it, you have to be, I think you have to be honest, and you have to do something that actually inspires you and makes you feel like, oh man, I'm loving this, I'm enjoying this. You know, if I... If we did the same thing we've done in the past of try to please others, well, it's not really creative and, you know, you're not really... I don't think you enjoy the process. So it's always been about that, about expressing what we have and, and hopefully coming up with something good that people will enjoy and can relate to. Maybe not everyone's going to enjoy it or maybe not everyone's going to relate to, but that's a risk you have to take uh, because you cannot please everyone. And that's that's for sure. I mean, there's always going to be someone who doesn't like it or maybe someone who's not their taste. Or, But, you know, that's... That's okay, you know, you, you're free as well to decide whether you are okay or not with the, with, with the sounds of a band or whatever, you know, you, you have the right to dissent, um, as we do as well, you know. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I think that that's a good place to stop. Uh, you know, the, the new album, Affinity, comes out April 29th. The first single is out now, Initiate. If you go to iTunes or uh, Amazon, you can buy the album and get the first song to download. Yeah, man, everybody should check out the new album, and hopefully you guys are coming to tour in the U.S. I've heard some rumblings that might happen. Uh, yeah, which, yeah. Which hopefully that'll that'll be the case. I'm really excited for the band, for everybody to hear the album. It's it's really great, man. I'm very very happy for you guys. Oh, thanks very much, Ray. It's been a pleasure. All right, man. I'll be in touch. Thanks. All right.
Thanks to Diego for the interview. We're going to close with the first single from Affinity. This is the track Initiate. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com, follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter, or download the podcast on iTunes. Thanks. Thanks.